Hi, I'm Peyton. And I'm Sydney. Let's get booked up. All right, guys. So we're going to jump into the books that we read for June. So Sydney, tell us about all the books that you finished this month so far. So I went on a binge listening kick and I obviously listened to our Lauren Graham book that we're going to talk about today on audio because how can you not listen to Lorelai Gilmore? You have to listen to it. Lorelai Gilmore. Exactly. It's just so good. (laughs) Um, But then I like couldn't get enough. I kind of got in this memoir kick. I read three memoirs this month. So I listened to Talking As Fast As I Can, which we're going to talk about today. And then I also listened to Have I Told You This Already, which is another oh, one yeah. uh-huh. published after this one. Because she was like, oh, people want to listen to my stories? <laughs> I can talk for forever, don't y'all know? And so she just kept on going, which is great. So honestly, today, whenever we recap, I might I might get my stories confuddled. Oh, that's funny. Um, <laughs> But then I listened to Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Do you know who that is? That name sounds familiar. So she is Abby Wambach, the soccer player's wife. Oh, you told me you told me to read that too. Yes. Okay. And yes. It was really good. I feel like I've seen it everywhere. Like it's got Peyton can see because she's not on the internet. <laughs> but really pretty cover. Yes, you did show I've me this one before. Yep. I feel like I've seen that book's cover everywhere, and I always, like, pick it up, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm sure it'll be good. But I'm usually not going to buy a memoir. Like, let's be real. I'm yeah. going to buy fantasy. And I listened to it, and she narrated it, and it was just so good. It was like listening to your hippy-dippy best friend where, like, you're getting secondhand therapy. Like, they paid the money and, like, did the time, and now they're talking to you as, like, a real person. And uh-huh. it was just really, really good. There were some parts that were, like, a little extra hippy-dippy, but then some really interesting ones about, like, parenting and stuff, which I don't know if I'll ever be a parent. But I'm like, good on you. Like, for example, she has two daughters and one son, and she's like, I've always raised my daughters to be, you know, strong feminists. Like, like you don't have to be weak and vulnerable and fragile. You can be strong and brave and proud and loud and all these things, right? And then she took a second back, and she's like, you know, I've never, like, raised my son to be a feminist. Like, we're obviously not, like, misogynist. Like, it's a two-mom Right, right. But she's like, I've never actively told my son, like, hey, it's okay to not be strong. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be sad. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's okay to be all these other things. Yeah. And so just, like, going through some of her thought processes of, like, unlearning some things and then learning new things was really cool. I gave that one a full break. So nice. Rag. I also read All the Little Lights by Jamie McGuire, which I believe I talked about starting. Well, I think like so. Podcast episodes ago. I gave it a 4.75. Like, I know that I already told y'all that this twist at the end was amazing, but this twist at the end is freaking amazing. Did do you remember the storyline at all? No. Okay. There's, like, a sweet, like, innocent, like, YA romance through it all. But this girl, like, she lives with her parents and her mom's, like, giving big bipolar vibes. And her dad just kind of, like, thinks that mom hung the moon and, like, just kind of deals with it. And then the little girl becomes friends with 
the neighbor's nephew who only comes for the summer and he's like a Native American vibe. And they're just like best friends for this whole summer. And then the day he's supposed to leave, his mom like storms up there and is super pissed off. And she's like, you're never coming back, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, he's like, hey, I gotta go say bye to my friend. Like she's expecting me. And then that day, he doesn't get to go say goodbye to her mom. And her mom decides to open their house as like a bed and breakfast. And they have all these very strange, very quirky guests that come. And her mom is still like a hot mess, still like bipolar, like highs ups, high downs. So she's having to help run this bed and breakfast this whole time all alone. And she won't let anyone come in. Like there's some big secret that you're that you don't know what it is for the whole book. And like no one can come inside the bed and breakfast except for these very specific, very odd um, guests. And so it's all just like really creepy crawly. And then all of a sudden, the Native American um, neighbor's nephew comes back and he decides to like move there. Like it's their senior year of high school. They obviously fall in love after being a little bit cranky with each other. And then a girl goes missing. And it's like small town, wherever they're at. And they blame mm. like, oh, hothead Native American kid must have killed her because she was a bully. And everyone's like, what the fuck? And so it's a whole thing. And they have to figure out like who the real murderer slash kidnapper is. And then you also have this underlying like, hmm, what is the secret about this bed and breakfast? Mm-hmm. And then the twist at the end is just like, Phew. like you kind of get, at least I kind of felt like, the people at the bed and breakfast got to be in on it, right? Because they're all fucking weird. But it's not at all what you think. Oh, interesting. What's it called? All the Little Lights. Okay. Okay. I know I've heard of that. I don't know if you... I just remember it from you talking about it or if I... I've probably seen it on TikTok, though. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. It was very binge-worthy. And I like Jamie McGuire as an author in general. Like, she writes good YA and good, like good like new adult okay Okay. she's she's a really good author okay that one sounds good yeah very good very good twist and then my last one was sex not love because I borrowed it from a friend and I'm moving and so I was like I really need to read this book so I can give it back to her and like (laughs) the front cover is just so blatantly a smutty book that I was like I can't just read it anywhere you know what I mean those are the worst and that's what had really been holding me off. Yeah. And so I binge read it on my couch last night, or maybe two nights ago. I can't remember. But it's like 340 pages, and I read it all. Um, so it was very good. And it wasn't as sexy as the cover suggests. Like, there were, like, two or three, like, bigger sex scenes. But the rest is just, like, it's a big um, enemies to lovers, but in oh. normal days. Oh, so have you seen? Tell me more. <laughs> Wait, ah, I can't think of the movie. Have you seen the movie with the girl that played Izzy Stevens on Grey's Anatomy? Her and another guy are like the godparents of this baby, and then like the parents die and they have to yes, like cohabit. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, so picture I that. I totally but forgot about that trauma. movie. Picture that movie, but with less trauma. Like the baby's parents don't die. <laughs> but okay. Yeah. These picture those two friends so like the wife's best friend and the husband's best friend they meet at the wedding and like they're like butting heads but with great sexual attention and then whenever the baby's born again like butting heads with great sexual attention and then they just like make out but like that's it and then they just kind of keep popping up in each other's lives and the man actually like goes across the country because he's like an architect 
and he happens to be working in her city. And he kept asking like the girl for her number. She kept giving him fake ones and he gave, she gave him her mom's number, which I would have known that would backfire. But he had been texting her mom for like weeks, like getting to know her, like smoozing the mom and the mom invited him to family dinner. And he just like fucking showed up like across the country, literally from California to New York, showed up to dinner one night. And they're all like together. She's like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> and the mom's like, he's such a nice man. Don't you like this boy? What a good man. He flew across the country to see you. And they still don't get together. He's got like childhood trauma that he has to deal with. Just good like enemies to lovers with a little bit of a traumatic history. But nothing actively yeah. too sad happens. Like you're not going to cry yeah. in it, but you're definitely going to be like... Yeah, because the beginning of that movie is so, like, it's so sudden. It's like, oh, we're all friends, and then you had a baby, and then, bam, you're dead. That movie is so, like... (laughs) Picture that movie, but without the parents dying, which is is good. Oh, my gosh. Okay, cool. Those sound good. And that's all for me. It was a good, like, they were all highly rated. It wasn't like that many books, but high rated. That's good. What is it? Quality over quantity. Yes, and I am finally on track with my reading schedule. Nice! Yay! Look at you. Thank you, thank you. Okay, I read um, The Power for last episode and uh, talking as fast as I can for this episode. And then I finished Sense and Sensibility. It was not my favorite. It's good, but I feel like it's the most boring novel that Jane Austen has. I mean, they're all, you know, life in the 1800s. It's not the most There's exciting thing. There's not a lot thing. going on. No, the biggest deal is like we went in the, in the in this one. It's like, oh, we went to a ball and oh, he's here. And oh, she faints because he's here. But um, I liked it just because I like Jane Austen's writing and I'm picturing the movie characters. So... Uh. I liked it, but I gave it four stars, but it's definitely not my favorite Austin novel. Um, And then I also finished, I only read four books, like total. Because I've been, I've been so busy. I mean, I'm not working right now, but I have been like nonstop wedding planning, traveling to see like my parents and things. I'm like, oh my gosh. Renovating your house. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm like, why am I not reading? (laughs) But it's when the audiobooks come in clutch. I know. So I also read. um, That always happens to me. Josh wants to like talk to me while we're doing activities. And I'm like, I am listening to a book. Can you just stop? Stop trying to cohabitate with me. (laughs) And if we're we're in the car and I'm driving uh, like on a road trip and I am trying not to fall asleep. So I'll listen to an audiobook. Blake is like, he can't stand it. He cannot stand it. He's Gosh, like, he it too. well, because I also listen to him so fast that Blake's always like, how do you listen to that? What are they saying? I don't understand what's happening. I'm like, put your headphones in and take a nap. <laughs> I between the audiobooks and podcasts and Josh hates both. Like he's a music guy, <laughs> but like music is not loud enough to drown out like the voices inside my brain that will make me go crazy. Well, and but for so is- long, I just can't listen to music like the whole time. Yeah. I gotta have something. Mm-hmm. I gotta have a plot. Yeah, but, uh, but then all of a sudden we'd be driving and Josh would be like, he'd like make a comment about whatever the podcast was talking oh, about. Oh, so like, he's listening. It's like, oh, you're actively uh-huh. engaged. Mm-hmm. I see yeah. you. Exactly. Uh, <sighs> the other book I read is 
Promises and Pomegranates. And I read this in my desperate attempt to find another Hades Persephone book because I guess I just can't let the trope die. Um, it's by Sav R. Miller. And it's... It was fine, I guess. It was very Did sexy. You? But the plot was easily lost, obviously, with all of these books. It always happens. I gave it three stars, though, because I, I did I did enjoy reading it. But there were many times where I was like, you know, oh, that that plot point we never talked about again. And then that one <laughs> just came out of nowhere. Like, it was weird. It was fine. It was weird. So Have that's you read all. The Darkness? Hmm? Have you Which read one? Touch of Darkness? Oh my gosh, that is that was the worst one. That I was the worst it, one. But there Horrible. was so much hype for so long. There was, and I think I would rather hype up Neon Gods than Touch of Darkness. Touch of Darkness was did. horrible. Absolutely you, horrible. You I literally also, Oh, I did. Me. No, I, I did. I did. Absolutely. And the problem with Touch of Darkness is apparently I read it when it had just been like bound and put into a book and she didn't have a publisher but Barnes and Noble was still putting it on their table like it's a big TikTok book it's terrible like I read it and there were so many typos and crazy things wrong with it and all of these things I'm like this was so self-published it's one said she got a publisher but I can't think if the plot gets lost but there's another if there's like typos literally typos literal like we forgot a period or a quotation mark or something i don't know but i'm like are you crazy like that's how reading um what's the vampire one uh <laughs> from blood and ash <laughs> when i read that book it had typos how do you write a book and publish it and there are typos you're an idiot I think that means that we can be writers. I guess, I guess so. The bar is low for some for some genres. The bar is we low. To, we need a good TikTok presence and then we're we're golden. You know what? I'm pretty sure pro- Promises and Pomegranates. I'm pretty sure I noticed a typo in there too. I gave it three stars. I mean, I enjoyed it. And I thought, oh my God, I thought the story continued. There's like five books in this series because there were so many things left unanswered. And there's not. It's the only one. The next ones in the series are other standalones about other Greek mythology tropes. And I'm like, I'm like, are you serious? Oh, Nothing I like, was answered. That's really frustrating, especially if they don't tangle up later. I like no. a standalone yeah. series that connects. Yes, yes, yes. I love that, like, underlying yes. connections. And then, like, maybe the last one, like, really, like... Like what's and that's, going on? that's kind of how Katie Roberts, um, cause I think I think last month I finished it, or am I currently reading it? Oh my gosh, I don't even remember. <laughs> oh, I'm currently reading it. Oh, trippy. Uh, okay, so Katie Roberts' like Wicked Villains series is kind of like what's that girl that wrote uh the other ones about like wretched and oh okay Who's like fairy tale. Yeah, so Katie Roberts has her own version of those, and they all kind of connect and intertwine, and I really like those. That's kind of fun. But these ones, I honestly don't care. I'm good. I don't care to continue. Oh, my God. What is it called? What am I? I don't know. Whatever. But I've read a few of her Wicked Villains series, like one about 
Jafar and Jasmine. And oh, right now I'm reading one about Tinkerbell and Hook, but it's weird. It's fine. That's okay. Moving on. You have a fairy tale smut theme going this year. Uh huh. Moving <laughs> on. Uh huh. <laughs> And up next, we're going to talk about our currently readings. And since Peyton has a shit ton, she is going to go uh, first. A shit ton. Four. Five? Four. 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 Who reads four, four books at one time? Uh, Rory uh, Gilmore? Uh, uh, oh, thank you. Oh, wait. No, that's not good. Wait, no. I don't want to be Rory Gilmore. A pro and a con at the same time. Ugh. She's so stupid. Okay. Anyway. Oh, okay. I am currently reading four books. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I'm reading Among the Brave, which is the fifth book in the Shadow Children series. So I'm almost done with it. Didn't you like not even like the last book in that series? One of them was kind of boring, but then the next one was kind of good. And they're written for children anyway. So like, meh. But um, I do. I just I read these when I was a kid and then I never finished them. So I am so excited to see how they end um, i need so to ask my mom if i finish that series because now i'm perplexed okay i also totally re- i must have read farther than i thought because i remember a scene from this book i'm on book five and i remember vividly remember reading a scene from this book but swearing that it was in the second book so i had to have read at least up to book five how many are I'm there seven okay yeah seven so I'm like halfway through that I'm kind of just reading that one like whenever I have time because it's on my phone like on my kindle app but um so I'm reading that one and that's by Margaret Peterson and then I'm also reading Angels and Demons by Dan Brown which is the first one in the Robert Langdon series like it comes before the Da Vinci Code and it's Mm -hmm. really good so far it hasn't like grabbed me like the Da Vinci Code did but the lore of the Da Vinci Code is more interesting to me than Illuminati stuff but it's still really good and I agree the Vatican stuff is all really interesting like them you know uh, she's cracking me up because she's in the Vatican and she's just wearing her shorts because she was on like an excavation or something and everyone is looking at her like, mm, you whore. <laughs> it's yeah. cracking me up. I feel like the lore of like, oh, the church is hiding something is more interesting than like, yeah, oh, the Vatican yeah. is just like dirty and bad because like we know that. <laughs> right, right. Old news. <laughs> Old news. Um, <laughs> Old news. And then I'm also, I'm... Almost, uh, well, Storygraph says 36%, but I don't think that's true. Uh, but I'm apparently 30%, 36% into Emma by Jane Austen. This one, oh. this one, I have never read before. I've read Pride and Prejudice. I've read Sense and Sensibility. I've never read Emma. At least I've never finished Emma if I ever started. I might have started it once, but it's so good. Is it, it going to be your be... favorite Jane Austen? Uh, oh my gosh mm-hmm. i hope i don't know you love it do you want to know why i have an ulterior motive that i hope that you love this one the best oh, oh why because the 
Shakespeare Festival in my new hometown that runs until October. <gasps> oh my gosh. Uh, she's playing Emma the Musical. I forgot about that. Oh my gosh. Yes. You have to I see really it. forgot about that. I this is honestly like I'm only 30% 36 I can't say 36%, but I'm only 36% in and I'm like this is so good. Emma first of all, she's relatable because she doesn't think things through. She's just doing whatever she wants. She's like, she's cracking me up because this part's not relatable, obviously, because I'm engaged. But she's like, you know what? I'm not going to marry. Screw you. I'm going to do whatever I want. Okay. I love her. She is independent woman. Um, and yeah, I I don't know when I'll reread Pride and Prejudice this year. I do it every year. I don't know when I will, but I'm going to have to see which one, which one. <laughs> I like I the best. That. Or maybe I'll like them both the same amount. I don't know. I don't know. But also curious, have you ever pitted the Bronte sisters up against each other? I've never read any Bronte sisters. I've never read anything. anything. No. You've mm-hmm. only done Jane Austen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that you could get Jane Austen oh, and the Bronte sisters and Jane... like Hold on. Who wrote Jane Eyre? Jane Eyre is one of the Brontes. Okay, Not so Charlotte. I've read that. That's the only one. Okay. I think it's I the other that. Not Charlotte. That's Charlotte. I think you can put them all in a boxing ring and just see what you think. So I've always wanted to read Wuthering Heights. So I will have to, maybe I'll have to reread Jane Eyre and then read Wuthering Heights and pit Charlotte and Emily against each other. But also, you know, maybe I'll love them all equally and equal rights for these 1800s women. <laughs> I think oh. if you like Emma, I haven't read Emma, but from how you're describing it, if you like Emma, I, I think it. you'll like Wuthering Heights because oh, really? like her lead female is very similar, except she's also just like slightly off her fucking rocker. Oh. And I've heard that Wuthering Heights, like okay. I read it in high school and I want to reread it, but like mm-hmm. one of my mom's friends literally reads it every year for Christmas. Like it's just like, it's a cozy fall book. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. I'll have to think, I'll have to do Bronte Sisters because I have always wanted to reread Jane Eyre because I also read Jane Eyre in high school when I I just read it to say that I read it. So I should read it again with a different mindset. Anyway, uh, yeah, Emma, killing it. Even if, you know, I don't, I don't have to make it compete against Pride and Prejudice. They're probably both going to be five star books, but whatever. Um, But it's really good. Okay. And then the last book that I'm reading is... A Worthy Opponent, and this is the Katie Roberts Wicked Villains book. This is technically book three, and I've already read a couple other books. Oh, maybe just one. Uh, I've already read Desperate Measures. I don't remember when what episode I talked about Desperate Measures in, but that's the same series, and they're standalones, but they all are in the same city, and they all kind of interact with each other. Like, the main character of the this one right now, a worthy opponent, Tink, she's in Desperate Measures. She's, like, in it just a little bit. Um, she's, she helps the main character in that one with something. So it's kind of fun to see them kind of yeah. intertwine, but it's not like you could read them all on their own and you don't have to read them all. I love, like, a casual cameo. Yes, I love it. It's so, it's so fun because it's, like, there there's always someone who's going to be thrown in and you never know who and it's like you're on like an inside joke 
you're like, haha, I know you. Right. Like if you've only read this book, you're just going to think, oh, it's just a random, like a random person. And then, uh, but if you've really read them, then you're like, oh, that was that guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I love But yeah, so I'll probably read the next one also, which is, well, I'm all out of order, but the other ones that I haven't read so far are Learn My Lesson and The Beast. So the beast is obviously Beauty and the Beast. What is so the beast is also actually interesting because it's um, I'm pretty sure the beast is like Gaston and Beast are in like it's a classic um love triangle with the the Belle character. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. So that will be a fun trope to read. But yeah, so that's. That's everything you're reading. And, you know, A Worthy Opponent, it's not... It's Katie Robert. That's the same author as Neon Gods. And they're just, like, entertaining. You know, it's not like they're great. But these books weren't meant to be, you know... Literary masterpieces. No, of course not. They're just... We all know what they were written for. So (laughs) I'm enjoying it. It's good. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Nice, nice. But, yeah, that's all... That's... That's my current current reads. What about you, Sid? I am reading Firefly Lane by Kristen Hanna. Oh, are you really? I am. I'm not oh. too, too far into it. I think I messed myself up because, like, I didn't know that the TV show, because, like, oh, my gosh, I watched it while I was still living with my parents. I watched the TV show on Netflix with my mom before oh. I got married. So that's, like, almost two years ago. I didn't realize the show was that old. Yeah, I mean, and it doesn't feel that old. Like, they're coming out with new episodes still, but, like, it's two years old. I watched it at least over two years ago. Okay. And I think I messed myself up by, like, watching the show. And I didn't, like, know it was a book. But, like, reading the book whenever, like, you know what's going to happen. And it's just, it's less motivating because it's like, oh, I know. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there's still, I'm not too far into it. I'm only, like, 15% in right now. But there's, like, little intricacies that I'm already seeing that, like, weren't in the show, which obviously they can't put everything in. But just, like, those little pieces that make it worth reading after you've already seen it. You know what I mean? And Kristen Hanna's just the best. I know. I was just talking to someone about Firefly Lane, and they said that I need to read it. And I was like, I know it's been on my list since we read The Great Alone. Uh, and like Four Winds is also on my list, and I see it at like yes Walmart and Barnes and Nobles and all the places, and I almost pick it up every time. But I'm like, I am actively moving. Like I need to not buy any more books because we have like, I'm not kidding you, ten boxes of books. I think we have more books than actual earthly possessions. So I'm reading that one, and then I'm also starting to reread A Court of Thorn and Roses because I'm trying to branch out and make friends, and in the city that I'm moving to. They have a fantasy book club that they're starting. And the first book that they're reading is A Court of Thorn and Roses. And they're all acting like, oh, I've been like, this has been sitting on my bookshelf. Like, I've seen so many people talk about it. I want to read it. And I'm just like, like, literally that, um, oh my gosh, this is going to date us. And we're so young. But, you know, um, <laughs> that's why I'm like. Oh, that's so 2008. You're so 2008. I just said that to someone. I just <laughs> said that to someone. <laughs> that's what my brain is. That's hilarious. 
whenever I saw people like messaging that and like the group me, I'm like, you're so 2000 and late. I literally said that because my friend, she said, okay, guys, I'm going to start a Goodreads. And, and I said, I said that exact same thing. <laughs> you guys get that boom, 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 you know? <laughs> That's hilarious. But yeah, uh, welcome to the club. Welcome to the SJM universe. Um, yeah, like y'all are going to read this and then just like buckle in. <laughs> it's a long ride. <laughs> I mean, and I guess if you just read Akatar, you could just read Akatar, but why would you? And I don't even think that Akatar is like the best SJM no. series. It's Throne, Throne of Glass. Glass. Hands down. And it kind of hurts my feelings that she's just gone downhill since Throne of Glass. But going downhill, it's, it's just like. Think- well, like, no, not like in a bad way, just that like Throne of Glass is the best. And then there's sure. like Akatar and Crescent City. You really so, like, think Akatar is better than Crescent City? Oh, now you got to think about it. <laughs> I just, like, I don't love the love story yet in Crescent City. But but she's got room. She's got time to make <gasps> me love them. I know you love Hunt. I don't. He doesn't do any. Like, I don't dislike him. He just, like, he's not a Kale. He's not Kale. He just, like, doesn't ew. do anything for me. Ew, we're going to compare him to, ew. Well, because, like, I actively disliked Kale for Aelin. Oh, oh, but, for, oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, for and sure. I don't actively dislike Hunt. I just, like, don't love him. Like, their love okay, story doesn't okay. make me, like, melt. I'm waiting for more, because I know she can do it. I know. This next book in January, I'm so scared. Oh, yeah. I know that something's coming, and, like, the love story will get there. It's just not there uh-huh. yet. I'm okay. scared. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And the twist and turns. Oh, but, yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm reading. Plus awesome. Akatar news. <laughs> now we're going to go ahead and talk about the book that we read together for this episode, Talking As Fast As I Can, um, by Lauren Graham. I literally keep wanting to say Lorelai Gilmore. Like, their names are too similar their names are too similar and their personhoods are so like intertwined and parallel each other like who is so Lorelai and who is lauren which one's which and, and like is lauren is Lorelai like lauren because like obviously lauren sculpted her and played her or is sure. lauren like Lorelai because, because she played her it was so the, it, because it was <laughs> yeah and it was like the perfect fit I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Well, who came first? The chicken or the egg? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But this the bottom line crazy. is they're both amazing and we love them. They're both amazing. And Lauren Graham really does talk as fast as Lorelai Gilmore in her real life. Yes. And I thought like, because li- I listened to the book, you know, I was like, oh, am I going to be able to listen to her? But she slows down. Yeah, I listened to it at like 1.5 and it sounded like appropriate Lorelai Gilmore speed. I which started I started at 2 and I was like, oh no, this doesn't sound like her. It sounds so warped because like I know her normal voice. I can't do that. So I I just did it at actual one time speed. I'm cr- no. I went crazy. Went crazy. I'll never do that. But Lauren Graham is insane and her childhood is so freaking whack it's so cool i like i love that we read this and listened to this because 
I love knowing these things about her because I feel like, oh, that's why you are the way you are. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So her parents were only together for a little while and they lived in Japan with a nanny and her mom like wanted to be like a movie star and was just kind of like doing her own thing. And her dad worked for like government agencies. Could not be more opposite in my own opinion. Right. And like... Though just the fact that Lauren Graham's first word was belly button is just the most on <laughs> That was the funniest thing. She's so funny. And she lived on a houseboat. So, like, she lived in Japan with a Japanese nanny. She speaks a little bit of Japanese. She used to speak more because, like, that was honestly who was raising her. And she lived on, like, a houseboat with her dad in some other country for a little while. And all these crazy things. And then she became, like, a horse girl. She She was was a big horse girl. Oh my gosh. Like, they moved so that she could be more of a horse girl. And then she said, LOL, just kidding. I want to be a theater nerd. Which obviously panned out really well. But she's just a crazy lady. Yeah, her, like, early childhood is so interesting because she just had so many random adventures. And for her, it was just, like, her normal life. Yeah, she, she didn't she know says, what like, you know, like was. Yeah, she said thinking back on it, she's like, "Why did we live on a houseboat? That's really weird." But my favorite thing was that on moments like that where she's like reflecting and she's like, "Hmm, I need to ask my dad. Like, why did yeah. we live on a houseboat?" Yeah, in the audiobook, she actually like it's obviously like a pre-recorded and pre um like mapped out conversation like she already wrote it or like they talked about it and she structured it but it was so cute it's it's her dad's voice like she like pretends to call her dad and is like hey dad and her dad's like hello laurel why like it's just so cute at one point he's like who is this and she goes who else refers to you as dad which completely mimics a conversation she has with uh she has the same conversation with emily in the show uh, she yes. answers the phone and she's like, who is this? And she's like, who else refers to you as mom? And I, I thought that was so funny. Because, of Which course, Sydney and I are both like, who is who? Is Lorelai Lauren? Right. Or Lorelai. So funny. But we're seeing all these little things because, of course, we both started rewatching a show. I'm on, I think I'm on episode like 19 or 18 or something. Of season two? No, I'm on season one. Wait, on season one? I'm not even keeping track. I'm just pressing play on Netflix. But it's so funny because Peyton and I and Taylor, who was one of our special guests (laughs) on our podcast, um, I'll have like a little group message and like Snapchat group message. And me and Peyton will be sending actively like (laughs) episodes within like one or two of each other, like back and forth. Like, yeah, fucking we hate Dean or oh, look, like the buddy relationship of Lorelai and Luke. Luke. So cute. Yeah. Uh But we're always within one to two episodes of each other. And then Taylor has seen the show, but she's not as insane as we are. And she's just like, LOL, I used to have a crush on Dean. And we're like, no. Boo. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. Yeah. And then even her like growing up and getting older, like, you know, they moved out to the suburbs or whatever because she wanted to she was a horse girl she rode horses she was excuse me an equestrian um and then she found a love for musical theater and she was in a bunch of shows and stuff in high school and then she went to college for it or she was an english major right is that what it was yeah i think she did theater like yes 
Yeah, and then she went to like basically a conservatory in in Michigan or something, and yeah, I just really liked the parts of her where she's talking about as a young person, like putting herself through school, working all of these hours, having a job, trying to audition and getting into shows and getting nothing, and then spending her summers in Michigan doing. And you know what I pictured? You know what I thought of? Have you seen the last five years? It's Anna Kendrick no. and Jeremy Jordan. Oh my gosh! I oh, you have to see it. I love you Anna. You have Kendrick. to watch it. Oh my gosh! You just have to listen to the soundtrack. It's so good. The movie is Anna Kendrick and Jeremy Jordan. I don't know who's on the Broadway show, but it's um, it's it's that same thing where it's like people who are trying to get jobs in Broadway and stuff. They go to these summer. It's like basically a summer camp for theater adults, and they go and they work and they do shows that summer in that little town and like you can get your card you know so Mm -hmm. that's what she did and that's what I pictured so if any of you have watched the last five years if you're a theater nerd overlapping with book nerd that's what I pictured that's all I could think of Um, because she did that exact same thing she did and I love how like relatable she was like she talked about living in like the shitty apartment and working two jobs (laughs) and like sustaining your life off of junk food and margaritas and chips and queso and food that you stole from work (laughs) and all those things that like we totally did like I'm gonna be real oh like I was never the brokest of college kids I was not Lauren Graham living in Brooklyn in a shitty apartment like we had a sketchy I mean we just lived across the alley from a crack house but but like the apartment (laughs) itself was fine it worked oh yeah yeah our neighbors interesting (laughs) but like we were never gonna go hungry so lauren graham had her time of stealing snack snacks from work (laughs) right i'm like where was where were we going with that (laughs) and sustaining her life off of stolen snacks from work and margaritas and chips and queso which i think is basically our college experience right i mean if you're gonna pleasers Five dollar yeah. little pizzas. Oh, we would get our mason jar full of change, and once we had enough quarters, we would just take it to Little Caesars. They probably hated us, but probably. you know, we you could have been the one. Do. No, absolutely not, absolutely not. Um, but I just really liked her stories of you know she was so driven and she wanted it so badly that she just kept like working for it, and and she even told herself she said, "I have to have a real job with this," but. Once I feel like acting is getting in the way of my job, like once I feel like I'm taking up too much time acting and doing too many things, like getting too many jobs, then I'll quit my, you know, quote unquote day job at Chili's, right? Um, I love that she was so realistic with that because that was literally where my brain was going too, that like she wasn't Joey Tribbiani who's like, (laughs) I'm an actor, (laughs) but like has been in one sketchy show ever. She Uh was like, hustling and like dr- like I'm sure dragging ass I'm sure she was exhausted doing yeah. everything but then she only quit her like real quote-unquote real person like waitress job and all of that and her job at Bloomingdale's whenever she thought that she could like sustain her life on acting and that's so freaking cool yeah and I mean she was successful like she did end up um, getting her big break, you know, she made it and everything. Um, and she had some commercials and stuff here and there. She said she was like a background actor in some shows and stuff like that. But, you know, obviously what really kind of 
started her big career moment was Gilmore Girls. And um, I just loved reading about it. I just loved hearing about it because I love that show yeah. so much. Watched that when I was, you know, was- a kid with my mom. And then, you know, you grow up and you watch it and you have different opinions on it. And you think different things, but it's still just so good. And it was so fun to get to go back to that and see her perspective of it. It's so And cool. I thought it, it was so interesting how, like, she was on a whole nother show whenever they were like, hey, come talk for Lorelai Gilmore. And she's like, well, oh, like, yeah. my show might get renewed or it might not. And they're like, eh, just come, just like, please come speak for this show. And so she did. And even whenever they started recording Gilmore Girls, like, her show hadn't been canceled yet. And she'd been on a bunch of shows that were, like, canceled after the first season. And, like, I guess, luckily, her show was canceled so that she could do Gilmore Girls. But she talked about how even then it wasn't such a big splash and maybe I'm just in a bubble, but I feel like Gilmore Girls, like everyone knows Gilmore Girls, right? And maybe I'm in a bubble. I feel like everyone at least knows Gilmore Girls. Yeah. But she said at the time that like, it was just, it just wasn't failing. Like it had a decent viewership. It was on like a Tuesday night or something ridiculous at like a funky time. And it just didn't get canceled. Oh, yeah. Their first season, she said their first season came on at the same time as Friends. Which, oh, that, that to it. them, they were like, oh, crap. Everyone is going to be watching Friends. No one is going to be watching our show. So we're definitely getting canceled. But their first season did pretty well. And so the second season um, was like a different night. And they all celebrated that. Um like, I could not imagine my life without Gilmore Girls. It's hard to imagine no. me as Gilmore Girls as, like, a show that's just starting in the early 2000s, and they don't know if it's going to succeed or not. It was just so kind of trippy to hear her talk about it. Like, it was just another show that she wasn't sure would make it, and it did. You know, it 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 had yeah. the most seasons of anything she'd ever done before. And I loved, like, how she talked about Amy Sherman Palladino and scott patterson and like all these people in such like a loving familial way and like honestly like amy sherman palladino kind of seems like she's the writer of gilmore girls with her husband they seem like the weird aunt and uncle you know what i mean yeah like very eccentric like they know all these like random pop culture references and they're writing them in and their scripts are like two or three times as long as other people's scripts and then you have scott patterson who plays luke who just made himself so important with his like undertones of saying things like he wasn't supposed to be a love interest he wasn't no, supposed to that, be- that was the craziest thing to hear her say that like oh yeah luke and lorelei they weren't a bit, they weren't supposed to be together i'm like well you're flirting with each other hardcore season one so constantly <laughs> what do the, you mean? the long looks and just the thing oh my gosh like, just his like gruffness and his like i just watched the episode where Dean and Rory break up and Rory and Lorelai are in the diner and oh, Dean is heading towards the diner and, and it goes up the street and they're like fighting each other. I'm like, oh my gosh. Don't fight a don't fight a 16-year-old, but oh my gosh. But yeah. He's like he the really perfect is. father figure. So I just love that, that he made himself, like, so important and so much, like, a part of the story that they had to keep him in and keep him and in such a, like, And their chemistry was just so, oh, so, so good. good. And oh, she said God. that she's tall. Apparently Lauren Graham's, like, 5'8", 5'9", 5'10", something like that. 
And she's like, yeah, it just so happened that we found extraordinarily tall men on the Gilmore Girls cast. Yeah. Luke, Which is, Richard. Yeah. All of them. Everybody. Chris. Everybody. Ugh, yeah. Chris. Oh, yeah. True. True. Yeah. But just her her stories from that time are just so beautiful. And then she pivots into parenthood. And it's so funny to me because she seems like like the time of recording parenthood was so much more peaceful and so much less stressful and just like uh-huh. she said like, like they had they different hours. hours. Yeah, yeah. There was with Gilmore girls, I mean, they had so much to record. Like it's a forty minute show, but they talk so fast and so much that their scripts were almost double the size of a normal TV show at that point. And so the hours were crazy. Yeah. They were always doing stuff in the middle of the night. And she said Parenthood was such a nice change. And I never watched Parenthood, but you saw Parenthood. Um, I've seen – I haven't watched it all the way through. Oh, it's okay. like a good sitcom vibe. It's like – it's not Gilmore Girls, but if you just love – her she plays a similar character um so Lorelai described not Lorelai Lauren Graham <laughs> um, <laughs> describes characters that women play and you play like the young floozy woman and then you can play like the single mom who like you don't know why the dad isn't there and then you play like uh, I forgot what her third stage elderly lady was like sassy gray mom Betty White mm-hmm. vibes I think and she said that Lorelai Gilmore was her favorite because she was a mixture between, like, figuring out yourself as, like, the quote-unquote floozy young girl, but also doing the single mom thing. Mm-hmm. And that's why she liked Lorelai Gilmore. But I felt like her character in Parenthood was very specifically, like, the single mom vibes. Like, the her ex-husband is in a rock band, and he's touring and just sucks and, like, cheated on her, and they have two kids. And she's, like, moved back in with her parents. And... It's, like, her and her two brothers. No, her brother and her sister. And they live on, like, this teeny tiny community. So it's good, like, homey vibes. But it's definitely a different character. And she taps into Lorelai, but not quite as much. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. It does seem almost like modern family kind of vibes. Um, When I read the description of it, it felt more modern family than anything. I agree. Um from being like a person that works in pediatric special needs i have some bones to pick because they're lauren graham has a nephew that has autism and like the way that the parents portray like oh no he has autism and it's like in the show yeah and he just like he likes to wear a pirate hat to school and he like doesn't socialize with other kids i was like well his life is still this the same like Hmm. now you just have a name to it like let's not have a meltdown but that's this show was filmed in the mid like the twenty tens, maybe. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Like it's just slightly uninformed and I'm slightly overinformed, and so that slightly grinds my gears. But that's okay. It's minor comparatively. But yeah. I loved how she like it was so interesting how she said that the hours are so much better and it seems like she should have loved working on parenthood way more than Gilmore Girls. But her affinity to Gilmore Girls was still so strong comparatively. Like, she yeah. loved her parenthood family, but that it wasn't, like, the same. Yeah, and it was interesting reading about Gilmore Girls because I wasn't, like, watching it when it came out and when it finished. I watched it afterwards, like, with my mom. Um, yeah. Because we had the whole, like, box set of them. You know, we'd watch them yeah. on the CDs and then on Netflix, but whatever. Um, but she's talking about how 
they didn't know if in the original show, like that, that was the ending. They didn't know. And so, you know, the last four words didn't get said and they, I couldn't imagine not getting that closure and not getting to say goodbye and knowing that, that it was over. I totally couldn't deal with that. I just loved the way that she talked about it. Last episode. They did an excellent job with it being the last episode without knowing that right, it would be the right. last episode. And I think she said, you know, everyone was like, oh, it could be, it might not be, but it could be. So we'll we'll wrap this part of the story up, you know. Um, but, I mean, thank God they did. Gilmore Girls, A Day in the Life and everything. But the in-between parts, like, you know, Gilmore Girls and then Gilmore Girls, A Day in the Life. And then everything in between is really when she kind of... I think I liked her thought process the best and I really kind of related to what she was saying the most because she's talking about like people were starting to get concerned because she was single and she was a grown woman and she didn't have anyone and she's like I'm just living my life and I'm I'm like I'm fine she said I'm fine on my own but um, you know, when you're ready you're ready and you know you and I have experience with this like when you are actively not looking when you are when you are actively saying i'm not going to look for anybody then someone shows up and that's what happened to her yeah and it's like how could anyone expect her to date she literally went from like college kid working these summer camps having two jobs and trying to be an actress and like living in a shitty brooklyn apartment to being on gilmore girls and learning a billion lines a week like, there was no time. Like, your world is a tornado. There's no time. And then you have to, like, also figure out who the heck you are amidst all that. Because you've just been, like, in fight or flight, like, sink or swim mode this whole time. Yeah. You need a second to breathe and figure out who the heck you are before you find, like, someone to hang out with for forever. And she yeah. did that on Parenthood. Yeah. That's super nice. I know. I think this is when, I don't remember exactly when it is. I just have it. Um, but I know that it was around that time when she was in between the Gilmore Girls shows and she was on Parenthood, but she was still kind of like trying to find herself basically. And she said, um, but life doesn't often spell things out for you or give you what you want exactly when you want it. Otherwise it wouldn't be called life. It would be called vending machine. And I thought mm-hmm. that that was funny. Cause it's like, yeah, reality check. Like you're, you want a boyfriend or you want this, or you want your show to be successful or you want you want whatever. And it's like, it might happen. It might not happen. And you kind of have to deal with it. Like one of my friend's moms would always say, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And she's like, you just figure it out. I think it's so funny that she ended up, they're not married, but they're like long-term partners. Cause I mean, they're still together after all this time, after Mm -hmm. like Superhead came out, her long-term partner played her brother I know I didn't know that I had no idea and I was like how weird with did they date during parenthood I think so because she she brought up how he would always be like oh haha how funny I'm your brother and she's like yeah we get it oh yeah it's so (laughs) awkward all this time and she's like okay bro like what's up (laughs) no random that is and so then, funny. The other thing that I love, because, like, the book jumped around so much. It was, yeah. like, it was not necessarily in chronological order. And, like, her flashbacks, 
I get how they connected to like the storylines that she was connecting them to in the present and in like the mid the middle times, but it was not chronological, so it's hard to organize my own thoughts. But I remember her talking about how and correct me if this was the other book. That could also be a problem. Um, she said that she got the Chanel, no, the Louis Vuitton discount in one of her, like, first few seasons of Gilmore Girls. Oh, that must have been the other book. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, this is funny, and I'm going to tell you anyways. You got the Louis Vuitton discount, and apparently that's, like, super prestigious. Like, all of these brands have, like, discounts that they'll, like, they will actively send you, like, a card. And it's like, hey, you, you have the discount. They'll send it to you in the mail. And she got it for like two years in a row. And she's like, I have been sustaining my life off of margaritas and stolen snake snacks. What do you mean I have the Louis Vuitton discount? It was like one of her first years in Gilmore Girls. She's like, I cannot, like, I can, but like, my brain cannot separate the fact of me being a broke, like, uh-huh. post college kid and being someone who has the <laughs> Louis Vuitton discount. And she talks about like how tricky and weird inside her brain was and that she's like I bought like the cheapest thing in the store because even though I had the money because I was Lorelai Gilmore like mm-hmm. I couldn't comprehend spending that much money and then she said something super offhand that I was like Lauren Graham you're crazy and she's like now I would buy like a whole travel set for my niece because that's her thing and I'm like a whole travel set of Louis Vuitton are you for real Lauren Oh my Graham? gosh seriously you buy it for me but she's so like relatable that her brain has been so stuck in being like a poor post college kid, even though she's rich and famous. Yeah, I bet it would be hard to kind of separate the you from like the you that everyone thinks they know because you're famous and everything. Yeah, I can't imagine. I know. Have I you was seen the show that she worked on, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. I did watch a little bit of that. I didn't know that she was on that. She's like the quote unquote mean boss in it. Okay. The second I said that, I was like, wait a minute. Oh my God. I think that that's. <gasps> I bawled my eyes out to it in our crackhead apartment. So I hope you've seen it. Okay. I never finished it, but I watched. I know I watched like the first few episodes or something because the guy from uh, Pitch Perfect is in it. Yes, he is. <laughs> Um, and that Lauren Graham is supposed to be like this mean boss and in it like the main character Zoe can hear everybody's thoughts like this random thing happens and she can hear everybody's thoughts but only in song and I remember Lauren Graham like busting out in the song in it because that's that's the whole gig and thinking like huh I wonder if she learned how to sing like for this show or if she always knew how to sing because she oh. sounds like a musical theater singer, like not a traditionally good singer. You know what I mean? Y'all know how uh-huh. there's a difference. I was like, hmm, interesting. I wonder if she learned how to sing just for this gig. But obviously she didn't because she was super into musical theater as a kid. And that was a fun fact that I learned. Yeah. Yeah. This book that- is just so interesting because there's not like a plot flow it's just like oh this fun fact and this fun fact and this cool thing yeah and like the you know basic structure was gilmore girls and then gilmore girls again but um no yeah because she would jump between a lot of stuff like talking about her uh childhood and then her relationship with with peter right that's his name yeah peter yeah and then something like that 
back to Gilmore Girls and then back to the other Gilmore Girls. And I really, I liked seeing her thoughts and her journals and everything from um, Gilmore Girls A Day in the Life because she she tried to give all of her friends and the people that she worked with on Parenthood, a bunch of people that she was close with and stuff, she tried to give them like cameos on Gilmore Girls A Day in the Life and her daughter from Parenthood and her daughter, you know, in Gilmore Girls, Rory, they had a scene together. And I think that's hilarious. So I, I want to go watch Parenthood now. I think it's worth a watch. Just um, to say I I've seen it. it. Oh, but yeah. now, obviously, me and Peyton are, like, re-watching Gilmore Girls. <laughs> and so now we have to wait, like, seven seasons to go look for these cameos that are in Gilmore Girls A Day of Life. Because <laughs> I'm not just going to skip ahead. Like, I know what happens. I totally could. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I'll skip through the scenes with Dean. I don't know. I, like just hate watching some of those oh for sure that's when i just get on tiktok and i start scrolling until i see scott patterson show up again and i'm like hello howdy (laughs) um i loved in this book and in the have i told you this already book she brings this character that she pretends to be named uh old lady jackson (laughs) that was one of my favorite moments she wrote a letter Yes, she writes the letters as old lady Jackson to her like younger coworkers, like her daughter on Parenthood, and to to all of the readers. And I felt a little bit called out by old lady Jackson. And old lady Jackson is, you know, worried about our piercings and our tattoos. It's also worried about how much time we spend on our phone and all these things. And she does this funny voice for old lady Jackson, and she's like, "I, I am so cool. I don't care." But old lady Jackson does. And it's so funny how she's just like, she was so she's funny. trying to be so cool, but she's also like, these are obviously like, her true on, thoughts. Why? Yeah. Obviously, but she's yeah. trying to be respectful. <laughs> and she's, she's so like, funny. But for real, like get off your phone, like do these things. <laughs> she did it's say so something funny. about how like, you know, oh, all these kids these days need an app to make sure they've, fed their plants and done the dishes and blah 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 and i was like oh my gosh don't look at me don't look but Peyton's favorite scene is the medicine medicine scene <laughs> that was so that was so funny i was like that's such a good inside joke and i have literally Hold always on, wondered explain this. the inside joke before you just say it's a good inside joke well i'm that, that's what i'm yeah I'm, that's what i'm getting to um I have always wondered, um, okay, these people that write, like, Grey's Anatomy and, you know, Scrubs and everything, like, do they partner with people who have medical degrees? Do they themselves have medical degrees? No. Oh, my gosh. This is what they do. They just write the basic idea of what they want, but they fill in all of the details with medical, 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 something like that. And it's so funny because i'm like wow you really don't have to be an expert you just have to be a good writer and then it gets sent off to the experts and they say oh this is what it would really be and they take out all the (laughs) medical medical stuff and they put in like a real like three or i don't know like cc's of something something i don't even know i i don't even know medical medical she's not in healthcare. no (laughs) but she said you know lauren graham said she kind of turned that into an inside joke with with her sister and they they will they'll say that if something is like too long or too specific or too whatever like that's what i'm gonna say if i don't want to like, oh hey how's the, your day, Peyton? did your road trip go well 
Oh, yeah, it was okay. It was good. Medical, medical, you know. <laughs> fill, um, in, fill in the details later kind of vibe. Yeah. It's like a too long, didn't read, <laughs> basically. Medical, but medical. I, that part I thought was hilarious. Um, it's how you and, use like blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's blah, blah, blah. And I just, I loved finding that out. I was like, wow, I never knew like how they wrote those shows, like the Grey's Anatomy people. But people still say that those those medical shows get medical stuff wrong. So yeah. I don't know what do experts are helping them write these shows, but they must not be the top experts. They can't be an expert in everything. I guess not. Could you imagine being like an ER surgeon or something and then just like quitting your surgeon gig and being a consultant for Grey's Anatomy? <laughs> I, I feel don't like medicine anymore. I'm I just feel like all of your colleagues would just make fun of you. Anyways, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, it was just really nice to kind of read her thoughts about it and like filming it and being in it. Um, and then she's talking about, you know, filming a day in the life and I'm getting emotional because she's um yeah she's just talking about how good it is to be back and you know they're um like they don't have um the guy that played Richard because he like really died in real life and like that's so emotional and that like when I watched that when I watched a day in the life with my mom we're both sobbing we're both like (laughs) and then Um, knowing that she was also sobbing with us is kind of comforting yes Yes. Oh, can we cry again? Yes. It was such a sweet memoir to read, and she's just funny. I just love her. So it was really good to get, like, an insight into her own little head. I highly recommend listening to it, but reading it is good because then you can see the pictures that she references. Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That was the only thing about the audiobook is I'm like, I want to see these pictures. Because there's one picture where she says she looks like Tina Fey because she's wearing these certain glasses. And I finally got the book. I got the book and I listened to it and I found that picture and I was like, whoa, she really does look like Tina Fey. Dang. Yeah. So listen, but also be able to pull up the pictures. Yes. That's my recommendation. Yes, exactly. Oh, what did you rank this book? I gave it a four. I gave it a straight up four. I also gave it a straight up four. Nice. Yeah. We were very consistent. Yeah. It was very good. I recommend it to anyone that likes Gilmore Girls. If you don't like Gilmore Girls, like it's not like a self-help memoir. It's not like a deep thinker. Yeah. It's really pretty specific. Like I feel like you wouldn't get a lot of it if you haven't seen Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Or if you're just a Lauren Graham fan in general. Yeah. Listen to it. Yeah. If you're not. Because she goes through it season by season and like rewatches it and points random things out and like I remember them but that's just me yeah yeah I agree so maybe not for everybody but definitely for all of your Gilmore girlfriends in your life yep absolutely so yeah that was talking as fast as I can by Lauren how do you say it as fast as you can talking as fast as I can talking as fast as I can Last up, we are going to introduce our next buddy read, and we found it off TikTok, and it sounds pretty cool. So, Peyton, take it away. Yeah, thanks, TikTok. You know, your um, book recommendations are pretty hit or miss, so let's pray 
to the book gods that this one is good. This one we're going to read next is called Wayward by Amelia Hart. And it's spelled like W-E-Y-W-A-R-D because it seems as though this is like the family name of the characters in the book. So here is our description. I am a wayward and wild inside. In 2019, under cover of darkness, Kate flees London for a ramshackle wayward cottage inherited from a great aunt she barely remembers. With its tumbling ivy and overgrown garden, the cottage is worlds away from the abusive partner who tormented Kate. But she begins to suspect that her great aunt had a secret, one that lurks in the bones of the cottage, hidden ever since the witch hunts of the 17th century. In 1619, so this is kind of cool because it goes from a few different time periods. I think that's what I'm most excited about. So, from 1619, Alpha is waiting trial for the murder of a local farmer who was stampeded to death by his herd. As a girl, Alpha's mother taught her their magic, a kind not rooted in spellcasting, but in a deep knowledge of the natural world. But unusual women have always been deemed dangerous. And as the evidence for witchcraft is set out against Altha, she knows it will take all of her powers to maintain her freedom. And finally, in 1942, as World War II rages, Violet is trapped in her family's grand crumbling estate. Straight-jacketed by societal convention, she longs for the robust education her brother receives and for her mother, long deceased, who was rumored to have gone mad before her death. The only traces Violet has of her are a locket bearing the initial W and the word wayward scratched into the baseboard of her bedroom. Weaving together the stories of three extraordinary women across five centuries, Amelia Hart's Wayward is an enthralling novel of female resilience and the transformative power of the natural world. That description sounds even better than the TikTok that I saw. I'm really excited about this one. I, oh, you know, I'm going to wonder what the average rating. Whoa, the average rating is 4.17. Ooh, that's high. That's pretty high. That's pretty high on Storygraph. Wow. And I've only seen it one time on TikTok. So I feel like it's not like a fake TikTok hyper. You know what I mean? Hopefully. Oh, that's true. Yeah. We'll see. Fingers yeah. crossed. I ordered it to my current house, and we leave on Friday, but it said it'd be here on Thursday, so... Good luck. Hee <laughs> hee. I feel like usually my my Amazon Prime purchases get here a day early, so hopefully it'll be fine. That's good. Yeah. This also has a very pretty cover, and it just sounds so it, cool. Yeah. I love, like, when we switch back and forth time periods. I love that. And the Dark Academia Cottage Core cover looks great. Yeah, yeah. I've got high hopes for this one. This one sounds really good. I hope there's, like, low-key real witchcraft. I know, me too. Maybe not, like, casting spells, but just, like, a general, like, connection with the world and then maybe some, I don't know, auras or feelings or visions or something. I don't know. Yeah, get a little bit of of fantasy in there. Yeah. So so we'll see. So that's going to be... wayward amelia hart and we're going to talk about that next episode for our next buddy read can i just say that that author's name i read it like three times before you said it and it is so hard for me to say correctly because i want to say amelia Earhart every time and i love amelia (gasps) with an e i love it 
Amelia with an E, beautiful. But Amelia Hart, that is tricky. I didn't even make that connection. Also, okay, I'm looking on Storygraph. So this was published in 2023. So it must have just been published, obviously. Oh. And this is her only book. I wonder if it's a debut. Okay, it sounds like it. I love that. Because debu- The Maid was a debut, and we loved The Maid. Was it really? It was. Oh, I totally forgot about that. Nice. Yeah, this was written, it looks like, February 2nd is its published date. February 2nd this year. Oh, it's so new. I Yay. say that in June. Oh, my God. It's June. Right, we're high. halfway through. That's crazy. All right. So that's cool. that's up next for next episode. Catch us reading Wayward by Amelia Earhart. (laughs) All right. So if you want to read this next buddy read with us, follow us on the Storygraph and we will add you to our buddy read. You can follow us at P431 and Sydney, S-I-D-N-E-Y underscore W33. And you can also follow our Instagram and our TikTok at Let's Get Booked Up Pod. Follow along with all of the things that we're reading, rating, reviewing, talking about. All bookish things. All the bookish things. So we will see you guys next time as we talk about our next buddy read and all of our currently reads and maybe even some things that we've been reading. So stay yeah. tuned and we'll see you next time. I'm Peyton. And I'm Sydney. <laughs>